0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It's hump day. It's the middle of the week. It's gray outside. It's getting dark at like 4.30 at night. It's that time of the year. But I did notice that we are only three weeks out from the winter meetings, which should be interesting. I mean, a couple things happened over the last couple days. Um, The Rule 5 stuff, you know, who are you going to protect, that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody else is talking about that. We all know what that is, you know. The biggest surprise was that they protected Jared Triolo, which nobody was going to select Triolo. But this is a guy that actually can play third base. And maybe the general manager finally realized that playing guys like Hoy Park at third base, you know, when um, Key Brian Hayes is hurt, playing guys like um, Rodolfo Castro at third base, like you can't do that, you know? You need someone that can actually play the position because a lot of balls go to third base, you know? And just look at when keep Ryan Hayes is in there, you know? I mean, you might not like his hitting, you might not like the sunflower seeds, but he really makes most of the plays, you know? He's like a vacuum cleaner out there. He's like an anteater out there, you know? He sucks the balls up uh, very smoothly, you know? And generally makes a good throw to first base, which is more than you can say for your shortstop and your second baseman, so, You needed a guy like Jared Triolo to be there as a safety net. And, you know, he'll probably be on the team next year because he's a safety net when um, Key Brian Hayes can't go. And they they made a point, I guess, you know, this made sense on some level, that Triolo can play other positions, you know. They played him in the outfield. They played him in other areas, you know. So, although I think that was dumb, you know, because you got a great third baseman. Um, A gold glove winning minor league third baseman, you know. But if that's what they want to do to keep Jared Triolo on the team, I mean, they're in love with moving guys around, you know. It's never worked. You know, none of these guys have ever been good, you know. If anything, it just screws you up, you know. Playing Diego Castillo in the outfield is not a good idea. Playing Hoy Park in the outfield was never a good idea. Really, any of these guys, Playing in the outfield was never a good idea. Cole Tucker in the outfield was an absolute train wreck. And I remember Gary last March was like, hey, you know, this Cole Tucker, he's got a good arm. Can you imagine him out there in left field? And I'm like, no, I can't imagine. Well, I can imagine it, but it's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, find outfielders to play in the outfield. It's not that hard to do. That's what most teams do, you know? But, I mean, besides that Rule 5 protection that we were all waiting for at, like, 6.30 yesterday, um, there was an actually an interesting thing that happened. There was a secret meeting. You know, it was not really announced on Twitter or anything like that. It just kind of leaked out. There was a meeting of Pirates season ticket holders that did not renew their season tickets for this year. I mean, I guess on some level this is encouraging, you know? I mean, maybe the Pittsburgh Pirates are actually starting to get, uh, you know, starting to get it, you know, that the fans are not all about drone shows, you know, Pink coming to in concert, you know, um, I don't know, Billy Joel coming in concert, you know, like these people actually want to see their sports teams win games, you know, and I think maybe as the as the um, I don't know. The fans started getting less and less and less, and you could hear the echo of your own sneeze. You know, when you are watching a game in September in Pittsburgh, that maybe these guys are getting it. You know, maybe they're getting a clue. Maybe they're realizing that they're losing money, not on tickets necessarily, but nobody is buying permanies. You know, I mean, you are having to pay these um, these people for these concession workers. You know, you are having to pay them to stand there. You know, you got a lot of food going bad as far as like wings at the lube and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Crab fries at Chickie and Pete's. You know, you have food going bad. You have a guy that's been mentioned a few times by other people on Twitter. You have a guy that makes gyros. that doesn't even bother to cut the meat off in September <laughs> because he gets so few people that are hungry. And who in Pittsburgh doesn't like gyros, you know? Like, back when I lived in Pitt area, Nico's Gyros was my go-to, man. It's not there anymore, but it was kind of where the sod was. You know, now it's, a, now it's a different name. But I mean, you old-timers know what I'm talking about with Pitt, the sod and Nico's Gyros. That was a good area, man. When I lived there in the early 90s, you know? Man, that, that area has just continued to go downhill, by the way, you know? I lived on Dawson Street, and at the time it was considered to be like a slumlord area. And it was, you know? I mean, we had to heat our apartment with the, um, with the oven half the time in the winter or this time of year. But um, it's gotten worse, man. Like I'm walking around some of those areas in Oakland that are surrounding Dawson Street. And there's literally like crack houses that are like boarded up, you know? And you would never expect that for a college area, you know? I mean, they really need to step it up, you know? You really need to build some new shit in that area because so many other areas in Pittsburgh have gotten nice, you know, anywhere from East Liberty to, um, I mean, certainly all of those places, you know. Man, I mean, you go um, from Oakland down towards like um, Bloomfield. Those are so nice now, you know. You can't afford to rent a place there, you know, if you have a like a regular job. I mean, these are really nice areas, but for some reason, The slumlords continue to control that area of Oakland and it just gets shittier and shittier. And it can't be good when you're trying to get people to go to Pitt and, you know, they're driving around and the parents see these houses boarded up, you know. (laughs) I mean, get up, you know, buy those areas and do something about it, Pitt, you know. Unfortunately, you're at a time now when um, not as many people are going to college because they don't want that student debt, you know. And they're just doing other things like working at Amazon or whatnot, you know. There's just not the demand of college people that there was when I was going to college in the early 90s, you know. Um, IUP has about maybe 60% of the people that they had back then. Slippery Rock doesn't have many people. And those are the ones that are good, you know. You take places like Cal, you know or I'm trying to think of the other one that's in Pennsylvania that some of my friends went to, Edinburgh. Places like that, ain't nobody going there no more. You know what I mean? Nobody goes to those places, you know? Um, Nobody goes to, I don't even know the names of some of these state schools anymore, you know? Because they're just not, Slippery Rock and IUP are still very nice, you know? My son goes to IUP. I visit Slippery Rock because that's where I went. I mean, these are really nice places to go, you know? and people know about these places you know and IUP is not that far from Penn State so it's like you get a lot of people that maybe they didn't get into Penn State you know they go to IUP but um man some of these other schools and you even get good football players go to IUP that make the um make the um NFL from time to time you know so i mean you have some draws but some of these other places my god you know nobody's going to these schools So Pitt needs to step it up and at least make the neighborhood better like Temple did, you know? You know, at least make the immediate neighborhood much better. And Dawson Street is walking distance to campus. I mean, you got to do better than that, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a disgrace what some of those places in that area look like. But nevertheless, you know, it's still a great place to visit. You don't have the O anymore, but you do have the original Permanis, you know? I still like visiting Pitt. They could just do a lot better, let's put it that way. And they don't even play their games on near the Pitt campus anymore. And I think they're playing a lot of their games in the Steelers Stadium. So it's just not it's just a, a school that's not going uphill, you know. I don't know if it's going downhill, but it's definitely not going uphill. You know, and you have a lot of really good professors, you have a very good, you know, education system at Pitt. And you need to make the neighborhood a little more friendly, you know? A little safer for people to consider sending their kids there. But anyway, I don't know what I was talking about. I went into Pitt. Um, I probably said, you know, a bunch of times because people are getting on me about that. But, you know, (laughs) I know what it was. We were talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates and, you know, they're losing fans. They're losing season ticket holders. No one's going to the games anymore. So what's happened is... They had this double secret meeting the other day. And they actually did some things that were encouraging, you know? I'm actually a little bit encouraged with what I heard about that meeting, you know? Number 1. They actually projected a number of wins that they would like to have, you know? And as you know, in most sports, almost every coach writes a number on a piece of paper, you know? of wins that he would like to have in that season. Now, a lot of these coaches are realistic. You know, they realize some years are rebuilding years. They're not quite there yet. You know, they have a plan or whatnot for the future. But at least you have to make some prediction of wins when you go into a season. And everybody did this. Jim Leland did this, you know. Um, All the teams do this, except for the Pittsburgh Pirates over the last couple years. They didn't have a goal of winning games, you know. They just had a goal of trudging through scrubs, you know, whether it be 4A rookie scrubs or whether it be scrubs that are like scraped off the road pizza, you know, from other organizations. That was their goal, you know, try to like identify somebody and they didn't identify anybody out of all these scrubs, man. I mean, it wasn't Kai Tom, right? It wasn't Anthony Alford. It was none of these guys, you know, but they continue to scrape some of these guys off the, um, you know, off the Fort Pitt tunnel, but they actually had a meeting where they were like, okay, we have a goal, and this is trying to get season ticket holders back. We have a goal of winning 83 games next year. And there have also been some rumors about the Pirates raising their payroll, And now that we are just getting into um, the free agency and the winter meetings are coming up, you know, I'm a little bit encouraged that they had this meeting. And they actually went on the record, not like the mainstream record. You know, I don't even know if Mackey's writing about it, but it was actually on Twitter that they had this meeting. And they actually went on the record of not just things like giant sized bobbleheads or bringing the out of town scoreboard back. They actually were talking about winning games. And they actually mentioned that they might go after free agents, you know, and they might raise the payroll. And I'm encouraged. I mean, I actually think that they, they have a decent chance of doing this. I actually think that they're going to they're gonna sign a starting pitcher to a three-year, $30 million deal. And I don't know, like, what you're going to get for that, you know. You're probably going to get a guy. You know what I'm thinking? You're probably going to get a guy like the Phillies, let go, Um, Zach Eflin, you know? You might get a guy like that who has major league experience, you know? He wants to be a starter, and he just wasn't good enough to fit into the Philadelphia Phillies rotation, but this is a team that made the World Series, you know? That's who I see the Pirates going after, you know? If they could sign a guy like Zach Eflin to a three-year, $30 million deal, you know? A guy who's had some success as a starter, you know? Not in the distant future or past or whatnot. And a guy who has a lot of innings logged in the major leagues, and he, but he's not completely washed up yet, like they thought Quintana was, you know? And amazingly, Quintana had like a second wind with the Pirates. But they're not going to sign him. He's too expensive now, you know? But this is who I could see is Zach Eflin, you know? That is who I could see signing with the Pirates for three years, 30 million bucks, or someone like that, you know? And I I think it would be good. I mean, why not, you know? Because at least you have the makings of a decent rotation because you have two guys at your one-two that aren't terrible, you know? They're really not. They're not terrible. They're not the worst. And they've already been broken in, meaning that they've already had their um, service time manipulated, you know? You could play them as many innings as you want until, you know, You're worried about their arm falling off, you know? Mitch Keller has been amazingly healthy, although he did have a dead arm period last year, but it was very short. He's been amazingly healthy for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then a guy that you know that I worry about because I talk about it a lot, but I love the guy, Ro'Anti Contreras. You know, you might only give him like 135 innings next year. But if those are your one-two guys, you know, and you could sign someone, Sign someone to be your number three, you know, and then you can have um, you can have uh, JT Brubaker as your number four. If you could just sign a Zach Eflin, you know, to a three year commitment, you hear what I am saying? A three year commitment, somebody that will be with your team, somebody that can help guys like Michael Burrows and Quinn Priester coming up through your system, you know, and maybe just maybe. You get a guy like Jared Jones has a good year next year because he did not have a good year last year, you know? If you can have some hope, you know, by extending Mitch Keller, which I think is going to happen, you know, you got Rowanzi for the next three and a half years and maybe he will sign an extension, you know, even though you treated him like crap last year. And you know you have Zach Eflin for two and a half years before you flip him again, you know? And you got Baker. you know? You know, if you're willing to pay Brubaker, if you're openly talking about raising the, um, the payroll to the point where you're willing to pay Brubaker through his first two years of arbitration, you got him for a couple years too. Now, Brubaker will probably be gone, you know, at some point. But there's hope that Michael Burrows and Quinn Priester can fill out the back end of that rotation and maybe Jared Jones, you know. And maybe someone else jumps up there and does well, you know? I mean, think about how Andy Rodriguez kind of came out of nowhere over the last couple years, you know? Maybe you have somebody like that. You know, kind of like Mike Burroughs did, you know? Somebody you drafted in the later rounds that's just pitching extremely well. Now, the Pirates have not been able to find guys like that, you know? They were hoping for, um, you know, two years ago, their pitcher of the year was a guy that was an international guy. He ended up just shitting the bed you know you know and now you don't even remember the guy's name you know i mean that was awful you know that was just it was really went bad you know so the pirates are not able to typically find these pitchers but you know somebody like the guy that um came up and pitched well last year remember at the end of the year that guy that international guy came up who threw 99 you know he had two good starts and then he had a really crappy start but you know, maybe you find a guy like that, you know. So I mean, there's at least hope. I, I don't have any hope in the outfield, you know. But it sounds like they're leaning towards keeping Brian Reynolds. If you're going to win 83 games, you know you got to keep Brian Reynolds, and you know you got to sign somebody. And I could see that guy being a Zach Eflin type. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be Zach Eflin, but that's just a guy I'm familiar with. You know, who's going to be a free agent. That's a guy I'm familiar with that wants to start, but he's not too expensive, you know. And that's a guy who's not washed up yet, and he has had some success in the major leagues and can help these young guys come along, you know. So there is some hope there that, um, and I think they will, you know. If they came out and said it, you know, they have to do it. They have to increase their payroll a little bit. You know, they have to sign somebody, you know. And the only reason they're doing it is because you guys didn't, you guys stopped going to the games, you know, and that was smart, you know, especially, you know, if you had season tickets for a long time and you didn't renew them this year, well done, you know. You actually woke up these guys, you know. Uh, I'm sure it was nutting, you know, because he's always looking at the bottom line. And you need a certain amount of season tickets, you know, to be able to sell a certain amount of concessions, you know. It can't be all about kids' day, and when the Mets come to town. I mean, you need some fans there, you know, for all these other dates, you know? So, like, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights when you're not doing any bobbleheads or any drones or anything like that, you know? So, I have a little bit of hope, you know, for the first time in a while. If, In fact, if you look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, you have a little bit of hope on several levels, you know? Number one, they had this meeting. Number two, um... The uh, GM meetings are coming up in three weeks, and you might get the number one pick again, you know. And you hope that maybe they draft the best guy available and not Henry Davis, you know. It's something to be excited about, you know. And I'm talking about the Colorado Rockies left their 19th best pl- – no, it was their 12th ranked prospect. Their 12th ranked prospect, a guy that did well in the Arizona Fall League, you know. Guy that was on the team with um, the guys with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, and they liked him. Um, a first baseman from the Colorado Rockies, their twelfth ranked prospect, was not protected, you know. So getting him would be like free candy, you know what I mean? It's like going at, it's like going around on um, Halloween. That's like free candy when you get that guy, you know. So you can, and I say you know a lot, but. You can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can't beat it with a stick. So if you get someone like that in Rule 5, that's like another free guy, you know, because he's a good player. And if you sign Zach Eflin to a three-year deal, and if you keep Brian Reynolds, you know, and all that other pitching stuff happens, There's potential to win more games. You're not going to win 83 games, you know, but you might at least get to 70, you know, maybe even like 72 games, you know. So we're going to have to see what happens, but I think these next three weeks will be at least somewhat interesting, you know, because something's got to happen during those general manager meetings, you know, because then you get into the dead of winter, you know. In January and February, not a lot happens, you know, until like you get to um, spring training, And that's when, during spring training, we didn't have a spring training last year, but during spring training is when you get the scrubs that are left on the market, you know? Like Vogelbach last year, like Quintana last year. They were just scrubs that were still there. Nobody was excited about those guys. You know, they'll still sign a couple of those guys, you know? But I'm, I'm thankful that they had this meeting. Now that Thanksgiving's coming up, I guess I'm thankful that they had this meeting and that there is at least a sliver of hope that the Pittsburgh Pirates might try to improve their team. Enjoy the rest of the week. The weekend's only 2 days away. You know, have a good time, enjoy your life. Don't eat terribly, you know. You are what you eat, so don't just don't just order crap every night, you know. Eat a salad once in a while. Peace out.